So how many now this, that's what I call music? <laughs> what, did, what is the name of that series? Now that's what I call music? Yes. What it, so yeah, how would you phrase that? So how many now that's what I call music volumes have there been? Yeah, take a guess. 79. The United Kingdom and Ireland. What? No. Have 105. <laughs> Too many. But then there's the 10th anniversary <laughs> series from 93 to 95. So there's now that's what I call music 1983, 84, 85. I think they meant 83 to 95. This is miss the Wikipedia article. It's got a typo okay. in it. So they did uh, anniversary series for a decade, but they started with 83, went through 90. There has to be some overlap. Then they did right? Christmas series and they have a dance series. Uh, oh. There's a DVD but I mean, series. But I mean, just straight up. You know, now that's what I call music volume 19 and then to 20. There has to be. There's no way that there aren't repeaters on 20 that there were on 19. But there's still separate releases. Then there's the Millennium series. What does that mean? Which is now that's what I call music 1980 through 1999. But they already did the 10th anniversary. series. This is all crap. What a scam this is. Here's the special editions. Uh, now that's what I call music. The summer album. 86 smash hits decades the deluxe edition uh i, I don't know Come what's on them and ride on a fantastic voyage that's on there and then summer 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 time there you go united states uh they began in 1998 the most recent album in the series is 74 what did you say before oh i said 79 yeah so you were close for the u.s yes now that's what i call music 74 too many. But surprisingly, the recent releases haven't sold as well, with now oh. 34 only selling 88,000 copies in the first week compared to the 621,000 of now seven, which was debuted in 2001. Of course, why would people buy compilation albums when you can no. just get the songs that you want? Look, at I'm looking at um, volume two that was released in July 1999, and it's... Britney Spears, Baby One More Time. You got to, you get what you give. Don't give up. You got, and then closing time. <laughs> yeah, semi-sonic. So Millennium what, by Robbie Williams. What year that? was that? Not 99. See, look, that made more sense. Because if you wanted just hit songs, Napster yeah. was yeah. just out in 99. But, you know, that wasn't mainstream enough. So if you wanted just the hits and you didn't want to go buy all the singles, and great, a compilation album. The fact that it still goes on to this day yeah, and that they're surprised that they're not selling as well. Then what do you expect? Father of mine, where have you been? You weren't around and I got angry and sad and needed to prove to the world that I was worth loving. So I started a band. Yeah, that's what motivates people. And I got famous. American woman. What's my age again? Oh, my God. Oh, Bailamos. Let the rhythm take you over, Bailamos. Which one is this? Enrique Iglesias. No, no. What? what? Three. Oh, it's three. Okay. What's Sometimes by Britney Spears? Oh, sometimes I run. Sometimes I hide. Sometimes I'm scared of you. But all I really want is to hold you tight. That song she's singing, you know, she's serenading herself. Yeah. Aww. She's having struggles with herself. I made that up. That's maybe not what they no, intended. No, that's real. But by that point, she was already falling apart, right? No, not yet. Yeah, I think it started early. Not yet. The, I mean, maybe people uh, in the real know, but. The microscopic cracks were already forming. You couldn't see them as sure. an outsider yet. It's a lot of pressure. To be that famous and go oh, on yeah. stage and lip sync and dance. And to not be very good and really should have just been a dancer. <laughs> I did it all for the nookie. Stick mm. it up your ass. Stick it up your ass. <laughs> yeah, that's when now that's what I call music should have ended. What's on 74? It's $21. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's one verified purchase and the review is love okay i don't see the what's the name of that person esther <laughs> audio cd oh whoa the audio cd is 40 dollars. <laughs> they have it on vinyl also 
Okay, Good as Hell by Lizzo. Feeling good as hell. Dance Monkey. I don't know what that is. Blinding Lights, The Weeknd. A lot of stuff I don't know. Roxanne by Arizona Zervas. Bop by DaBaby. Yummy by Justin Bieber. I don't know any of these songs. Know Your Worth, Disclosure, and Khalid. See, look, now, the- I'm so confused now because I'm, I looked up now, that's what I call Music 74, and it says it was released on November 23rd, 2009. So maybe this was the British version. They're not even synced. Ugh. Now that's what I call garbage. This one had this this one has Snow Patrol on it. <laughs> Welcome to One Topic, where we stick to one topic. My name is Autumn Fisher. My name is Greg Russ, and it is my week to choose a topic. And uh, when I was thinking about that, Autumn. Part of me, with everything going on in the world right now, thought, let's just do something maybe lighthearted and give people an opportunity to escape the things that are uncomfortable in the world for them. But uh, I decided against that because I, I think what's going on is too big. And also avoiding it is not, no, I, that's not something that I, I want to do. The, the, dis, the discomfort that people are feeling, that I am feeling is not something I actually want to run from and I would like to confront it. So uh, I know that doesn't tell you exactly what we're going to be talking about, but I feel as though, you know, with the way things are right now in the world, in this country, I mean, we're highly divided politically, which let me state right here, getting into the show, I don't, I'm going to do my best not to make it about left and right. I'm not going to bring politics into it because I feel like everyone says they want to have real discussions about things. And the moment you bring politics into something, there's no chance of any real discussion. And I also, you know, you and I are going to have a discussion, but I'd also think that maybe it's not time for real discussions yet. It's time for real monologues, inner monologues Mm. with yourself, which is something I feel as though I've been doing. So, you know, you have a highly divided country. You had COVID. There was a lockdown of the country. So that offered people a lot of time to sit back and reflect on their lives, their place in the world, how quickly things can change. And then you had the George Floyd killing, which, you know, I, I haven't come across anyone who watched that video and said that was justified in any way. So mm-hmm. I think finally, you know, you have another killing of a black person at the hands of a police officer that people can't even spin if they wanted to. And maybe for the first time, because people are in a reflective mood because of COVID, they're able to look at this a little differently. So, you know, as we continue this show, and I hope that people give it a chance because there's, there's fatigue. I get it. Um, You know, it's a subject that you may not want to explore, but really what this episode I think is going to look at is it's the projection of my effort to understand how I fit into it all. And race is going to come in it, into it, but only from the view of a white person. I'm not mm-hmm. going to try to assign any understanding or feelings to a black person, to any other person of color, because I don't. I don't understand. And I can try my best to understand um, and I, I don't want to get into the, is there, uh, you know, actual racism still in the country? Yes, it still exists in the systems. Maybe it's not egregious. Um, but I don't want to argue that really either, even though I just said yes. And I, the reason I don't want to get into that is that just opens up a whole other can of worms too. If a black person tells you that there are problems with their relationship with police, why wouldn't you believe them? Yeah, because you... Well, okay. I don't know if you're asking you really can, or mean, is that rhetorical? It's rhetorical, but you know, it's it's why why does this argument need to come up? No, you know, you shouldn't be acting this certain way in the I I don't want to get into any of that either, really. Yeah. Even though it was just kind of set up. Take it at face value. If people say something, believe them. If someone tells you that they have cancer, you don't say uh, you know, well, it's your fault. Sometimes it is your fault. If you were a smoker, a lot of times people get cancer and it's not their fault. Right. Well, even if you do get cancer and it is your fault, that doesn't mean you don't get medical treatment. Yeah. 
and and you get compassion and you get people who say, wow, this is a big deal and this is actually happening to you and whatever the reasons that is going on. Uh, we could explore those all day long, but the fact is that's actually happening to you right now. And I'm sorry for that. And I, I just want to approach it from that angle and again, explore how I fit into it all mm. as a white person, I guess, because I feel as though for the first time in my life, and I think many white people's lives, we're actually somewhat aware of the fact that we are white, which is something that we haven't had to ever face before. Like, yes, you know. Not on a mass scale like this. No, and it's playing out a couple different ways. Um, You know, either people are feeling guilty about being white or they're feeling defensive about being white or they're just avoiding it altogether. And, you know, and also that defensive, that defensiveness comes from something that you're feeling. It's not defensiveness is the result of feeling something else. Yeah. I mean, somewhere inside. And the reason why the defensiveness is easier to feel because then you can be like outward instead of inward. Somewhere inside you feel as though something that is being shown to you is it's ringing true in a way. And you need to, you know, I think what is happening with, uh, with white people who become defensive when they're faced with this idea that there is a privilege. And I look, I know that word turns people off too, but I, you have to use it in this case because the fact that you can act in any of these manners, avoidant, defensive, uh, or guilty, those are all pretty extreme reactions, and that in itself is the definition of privilege. It's like you don't, you know, think about being a person of color. The reason I bring mm-hmm. this up is you don't usually have the luxury of living your life in such definitive terms. So you're navigating a system that is highly aware of the fact that you are of color, and therefore you're very aware that you're a person of color, no matter who you're interacting with. And I think that is the truth. I think that, um, I I don't think that, uh, and I, again, I'm not speaking for anyone, but I think that there are times when people of color are reminded of their color much, uh, to a much less degree than it was like in the sixties or something, obviously. But that doesn't mean that there aren't some hangovers of ideas of what black people are, how they behave and so and and even if someone doesn't think that they're racist they may come across someone who is black and if they act a certain way you're going to assign those previously thought ideas about black people to that person and i think it's just the same thing as when like a, a a woman is in a workplace and you know she's um i don't even want to say the word complaining because that even makes it sound like she's just like voicing concern and people are going to say like, man, she, you know, she starts she's starting trouble. She's complaining a lot. What's wrong with it? Whereas like if it were a man, it might be like, he's a real go getter. He's trying to change. He's like fixing things. He's a leader, you know, and it's the same sort of um, prejudices against a black person, right? Like if they start bringing up concerns or something, then they're also considered as like troublemakers, annoying, a problem. And this is where the idea of privilege comes from. And when, you know, being a white man, when people throw that out, it doesn't like a lot of people, especially white men, I feel as though feels though it's a an attack on them personally, as if they're a bad person or they've lived their life incorrectly or they haven't worked hard or they don't have things that they deserve. No one's saying that this is where this uh, holdup comes into play for the people who are defensive for that mm-hmm. side of it, if you're defensive, it's like I, I don't. No one is saying that specifically about you. It's just saying that there are inequalities that exist in the system. And as you're talking about, as a woman, if you bring something up, that uh, depending on what it is, you can be dismissed pretty easily for the thing mm-hmm. that you said. Because, oh, that's a woman. And I think you know one of the things that is happening for the first time is that as a white person who could probably just speak their mind in any way they wanted before, uh, has to be a little more mindful and is encountering some of the things that people, uh, of 
other genders and races have experienced for quite a long time. It's like, you better watch what you say, or you need to be more tactful in the way that you say things. And, you know, that is uncomfortable. And should ultimately people have to watch the way they speak all the time? Ideally, well, no, I was going to say, but, you know, I also do believe that you should take other people into account and the things you say are going to cause pain to other people, then maybe you shouldn't say those things. But, um, you know, seeing, being here in New York and seeing all the protests that are going on and having all the white people involved in those protests and agreeing with the reasons that the protests are happening. Mm Mm-hmm. But also feeling as though I'd be a fraud if I went out there, a hypocrite of some sort, and getting involved is also what, you know, has has triggered this thinking. Okay. Why do you feel that? Well, it's this may be somewhat of a clunky show because this is an exploration. <laughs> and okay. I and I'm still trying to figure all of this stuff out. And, you know, I feel like probably just jump to the other side of it. Um, I feel as though it's hypocritical because you're still out there for yourself and not everyone, everyone is, but to an extent, I think that white people who are on the other side, the ones who aren't digging in and being defensive, but are feeling guilty are out there to offset their guilt. And it's still very self-serving. Right. Okay. And it doesn't mean that you shouldn't show your support if you believe in the cause. Uh, You know, and having allies, white allies, I think is something that uh, is appreciated. I can't say if you get in there and you don't try to take it over, which white people tend to do sometimes. Yeah. Because, again. No, that's interesting. Like, take emotionally taking it over instead of just being a part of the support. Yeah. But what is your role in this? This is what is your role in society now as a white person? Yeah. And people don't want to think about that. And so to, to set this up and we can move off the privilege thing. That is the privilege part that people talk about though, is that you have had the privilege of not having to think about that. Yeah, you can avoid you, these things or you can take your stance and your life can pretty much stay the same. It can, your life can be as it was and you're okay with that. And that's all anyone is saying when they say there is privilege. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can be. I mean, certainly there are some people who are still just outwardly racist. But for the sake of this discussion, let's assume that most people aren't. Like, you, you bring up, you know, when things were a little more in your face in terms of racial divide. And, yeah. yes, we've moved past that. But the when people say it still uh, exists in our society, it's more subtle ways. And you need to be willing to at least try to understand where people are coming from instead of dismissing them when they say those things, even if you feel attacked. And that is part of the problem is some people do just come at you and and attack you with it. Right. Um, But, you know, I'm trying to put that aside also. I'm also trying to navigate this not political thing. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, it tends to be the left who comes and attacks the right. And the left is just as guilty. They just act in guilt. And mm-hmm. and that's the self-serving nature, I feel. Unfortunately, though. all of the like, it's almost like if there were a filter, you know, and and all of these people were filtered through the filter. The ones that remain in the filter are what gets the news coverage. And the the people who go through the filter are the ones who may actually do some real good and and practical good in the world as far as relationships between different races, um, what each uh, individual needs in any you know society or neighborhood or whatever. Do you know what I mean? But but what what gets the most attention is what is left in the filter, which are the people who are radically opposed to each other or the ones who are violent or the ones who, um, uh, like you said, are like defensive. Yeah. Those are the ones who get the attention, but the ones in the middle still aren't doing anything. A lot of people just sit in the middle. Like I'm not racist. I have friends who are black 
and they think that's the extent of it. And, you know, for the most part, that is the extent of it in terms of the idea of what racism is. And, you know, this has been brought up before, too. Like, racism has been thrown around, and it's a pretty extreme term. And a lot of people aren't racist. Uh, I'm not racist in the sense that I think white people are stupid, so therefore I don't think my race is superior. <laughs> I find white people to yeah. be some of the most annoying fucking people on the planet, on all sides. And it is because they're in this position where they're high and mighty for one thing or another constantly. Mm. Um, you know, and uh, therefore, you know, when we talk about this, Racism in itself, using it as a term, I think gets people to clam up because that is right. a very so they say I have black friends and I don't have these kind of thoughts and I'm not racist and that's the end of it. And it's like, but that really there is more and it's subtle and this is what I've been exploring myself. Um, you know, you're talking about the extremes, get the coverage on the news that just further divides the nation. Right. Uh, right. Look at these people on the left who go after the people on the right and say they're awful pieces of shit. And the people on the right say the same thing about the people on the left. And it's like, all right, mm -hmm. that's not getting anywhere. But if you're sitting in the middle not doing anything or just thinking that everything is okay and not taking people of color, color's word uh, that there are problems in the system uh, and saying, no, they're not. Look, I have a black friend. And it's like, that's not helpful. That's that's. You're not so getting what, anywhere. What what is that person who who says something like that or who thinks that way and says, "Well, I'm not racist. I don't I don't think I'm prejudiced or racist. What do I have to do with any of this?" You know what 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 is what is your answer to those people? Well, it, look, it's a very difficult thing. How do we fit in as white people into this yeah. whole thing? It's not our movement, and you know, jumping in and trying to take control. It's like no, that's that in itself. Yeah, is the other side of the coin of um, yeah, obvious racism. Well, it's just like, hey, like, look, because of the way it's been set up for so long where the white people will come in now, we'll help get your uh -huh. cause pushed through. It's like that's not our role in this. And our role is a supportive role. And, you know, again, if you're out there because you're feeling guilt for being white, I don't know how helpful that is in its own right. Like there are people who it is see this is this is why it's difficult to talk about because those people shouldn't just sit at home getting out offering support I just I, I just when people talk about wanting equality they need to recognize their motives for doing things and the people who have the guilt uh often can't be realistic about their own true feelings mm -hmm. at the same time um as they're criticizing other people for saying that they're not racist, but are becoming defensive. This is moving into like the idea of prejudice is really, we all hold some levels of prejudice. Right. I think uh, also people being afraid of their own thoughts, you know, versus their actions, you know? So if you have a racist thought or you have a prejudiced thought, if you are feeling guilty in some way, then you're like, duh, 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 I got it. No, no, no. Like you well, don't this, think that. I don't think that. Exactly. This is, yeah. you know, the Instead of just saying, listen, I thought a prejudice thing. That's, you know, wh where does that come from? Why did I think that? That's, you the, know, that's yeah. the next step in this. So understanding what is meant when people throw out the word privilege is, I think, the first step. And then accepting your prejudices uh, is the second part of this equation. And, you know, yeah. at this point, people like to make the argument that everyone's got prejudice feelings of any color, any race, any sex or gender uh, right i'm for the sake of our conversation again only speaking on behalf of being white because that's all i actually know and well it's not wrong to say that everyone has prejudice ideas or thoughts yes but often that is used to dismiss people's own thoughts oh, well i, I shouldn't so. have them other people have them too you know oh, black people yeah, have yeah. this have prejudice and it's like shut up that's that's it is weird that that's the first response because and not to say, like, I haven't had those kinds of thoughts also, but it's like, well, other people are, you know, yeah, because the point. people don't want to take ownership and they make everything about themselves. Ultimately, yeah. that is what's happening when things are put out there about what is uh, happening to people of color in their communities and, you know, what exists in white 
communities and the differences. People make it about themselves and think it's an attack. Uh, and then that's where that guilt comes from or that's where that defensiveness comes from, ultimately. Um, but those prejudiced feelings, as you said, and the inability to sit with them, this is uh, you know, cancel culture where people's mm-hmm. lives are fucking destroyed because they do something wrong. They, they, there's a misstep. Sometimes, like the lady in the park. Yeah, sometimes people are gross and they're outwardly racist and whatever. Do what you will with them. I, I don't feel as though there's room for those people in society. Yes, there is freedom of speech, but if you want to put that speech out there that's just hateful, then you deserve what you get in right. return because you put it out there. But, right, actions, uh, consequences to someone's actions. Yeah, so Amy Cooper was the woman in the park. I think that was her name. Central okay. Park. She uh-huh. was. She had her dog off the leash. Uh, black man came up. He was a bird watcher. He asked her to put the dog back on the leash, and she lost her shit and went off on him and called the cops. First threatened to weaponize the cops against him, knowing that the relationship with black people and the police is strained. And using that, and he said, okay, do it. And then she actually called the cops and said that there was a black man assaulting her. And this is gross, disgusting behavior. And, you know, I hope I don't even need to preface it. I hope that that's understood. But most of the people who hunted her down at that point figured out where she worked, you know, where she adopted the dog. A lot of that is driven by white people who at that point just want to destroy her. And the the destruction is not something that I agree with because what is happening there is white people are seeing some behaviors that they can relate to is this is just the way things are set up. If you're alone in the park and you're a woman and a black man comes up through your life, it's been not maybe drilled in and people haven't told you that black people are bad, but it has been set up in a way where you're going to feel nervous. Mm-hmm. And admitting that is the first step. It's like, yes, that's a prejudice feeling. And it's a real feeling. And, mm-hmm. you know, people see her act like that. She took it way too far. Yes. But they relate a bit. And instead of being able to accept that and, you know, use it as a mirror for themselves, they see that reflection of themselves and they just, they crack the mirror. They smash right. it to bits because they don't want to look at themselves for what they actually are. They themselves are you know, like a, a nail sticking up out of a piece of wood and they don't want to be hammered down. So they say, you know, I'm here to hammer down all the other, all the other nails, you know, that are sticking up. But so, so it makes them seem like, well, they are sticking up out of the wood, but they also care about, you know, pounding the nails back into the wood. So yeah. How about you just learn to nail nails into wood properly so they don't stick up instead yeah. of yeah going through and just bending them over. Like that's, is that, that's what you're saying, right? Like, look at all these nails that were improperly nailed in. So I'm one of those also. So let's just, you know, pound. I'll focus on, on nailing the other ones improperly, but not, not my own. I, it just, I think that was I, an opportunity and sorry, yeah. I keep interrupting. I just think that was an opportunity. The Amy Cooper thing for white people to look at that and say, you know what? Okay. I can relate to some of that. And that is what I need to focus on and try to understand why and where that came from and what yeah. to do about it instead of just saying this person did this thing let's destroy them that doesn't solve anything for anyone ultimately because then uh you know all it tells you is if you screw up you're done you're finished yeah and, and they're not being any it, it's not showing any compassion for people when they do make a mistake not 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 to say that not to say that uh, people can be sh- super shitty and they should get compassion, but to sort of see what happens afterward and see if they have any contrition and and any self-reflection or come out with a, a, an apology that you feel is authentic and real um, and maybe see some action from them, like if they donate to something or if they start, you know, I don't know. There's no interest in that. It's just like, you know, drag her. <laughs> you know, she's canceled forever. No. Make sure she never makes another dime in this city. Uh, it's That's not, I don't think that that's the way to handle people. That's usually, you know, again, I said I wasn't going to bring politics into it, but that is usually the left that does that. Yeah. Uh, liberals, <laughs> white liberals, 
are apparently the hardest people to change their minds because they already have this idea about themselves. I'm not racist. I have no prejudiced thoughts. I mm -hmm. Look at me. I go out and I protest and I'm doing everything right. And therefore, anytime someone comes along who's not doing these things, and look, I'm liberal. As I said, I say this as a liberal, but it is the most frustrating thing to be on the side of people who you agree with on many other social issues and then you see them acting like this and you feel alienated from, like, where, what, what are you doing? And, you know, I, so going back to that, I've everything figured out and the people uh, who refuse to admit that there are problems, they're the problems. Like, well, no, you are also the problem. You're also the problem because you have the inability to actually be emotionally honest with yourself and when something like Amy Cooper, which... You're talking about compassion. This one's tough because she did weaponize the police against a man I agree. who did I, nothing. Yes. But your point, your point remains is sometimes people trip and they stumble and they make mistakes so they don't understand. And if they're trying. Maybe this is what she needed, you know, to sort of wake up to her own behavior she, and what and what it actually means for a woman to call the police on a black man. And if that if he weren't recording what that would have meant for him possibly you know like what what um she didn't realize because of her privilege what it may mean to call the police on a black person like that in that kind of situation she wanted to use it as a like um a, a chess move right like well, i have a move you're black and I'm a woman. But she knew. And I'm going to say, I know, that's what I'm saying. So she knew, she knew that this was like a way to get ahead uh, in a way to get what she wanted or which was whatever to not leash her dog. Gives a shit. I don't understand why, but whatever. What she didn't realize was how a black man who uh, uh, could be treated by the police if there was no evidence that he was doing no wrong. Well, with her, this is tough because now we're on this this discussion of her. I think she knew exactly what all of that meant. She knew. No, I don't think she didn't. She, she didn't knew think she, that. because she threatened to call the police on him as the first move. And when he said do it, she he called her bluff and she went along with it and then actually did it. Um, maybe she didn't think consciously. I'm going to call the police and they're going to come and there's a good chance that they kill him. But she she used the knowledge that. There is a strained relationship between the black community and the police against that man to try to get him to go away. Mm -hmm. So, you know, she wasn't as innocent. Right. To go away. But what I'm saying but is then she I don't still actually she, called the police. She still did it. I know. But I'm saying I don't think that she real. I think that, you know. In the best scenario, maybe she could. Figure out through this experience what it could mean for that man. To be had the, to have the police called on him because of what happened to. Uh, well, I think that's the wrong thing that she sh she would be looking at. She should be looking. You mean at, afterward? Yeah, yeah. Not about what my actions meant for him. See again, that's okay. Maybe, why did I feel that way in the first place? Why did a black man confronting me uh, about sure. me no, breaking? I think that's like five steps down. The first thing she could think is like, "Wow, I didn't realize what my actions meant." I think that I. I mean. All right, we're saying the same thing, just different order. Well, yes. Her first step, she should have begun the opportunity to actually self-reflect. Wow, this exists in me. Where did this come from? And then everyone else who saw that should have taken the same opportunity. Every other white person who could have thought about themselves being in that situation. And I'm not saying that most people would have threatened to call the police but somewhere inside, I guarantee that most white people would have had a feeling, oh, I'm alone and there's a black man and we're in the <laughs> middle of Central Park in a wooded area and there's no one else yeah. around. Maybe not that clearly, but there's a pang of anxiety. And it's the same thing if you get on public transit and it's kind of empty. And let's say there's only two people in a subway car. It's you uh, and a black person. You're sitting there. A white person and a black person? Yeah. Okay. And then the white person's mind, and it's like, wow, I, there's a black person on this car with me. I'm not saying that everyone is living in fear, but that is something that actually exists. High so percentage of a, people would as think, a lady, I, it wouldn't matter the race to me. I would just be like, oh, there's a, it's just me and this other dude. I hope it's cool. Not at <laughs> I all. I want you to be honest. If it was a white man and a black man, I'm not saying that you wouldn't think, well, it's just me and a dude, but uh -huh. there would be the exact same thought if it was a black man and a white man. The first thought, yeah. Well, depending on like what they look like, you know, if they were dressed a certain way, like 
if they were dressed like they were going to work, then I might not be scared at all, no matter what race, you know, but if they were. But see, even that in itself, what is that? That's. That's this thing that they have somewhere else to be. This is you know that, what I mean. They've been somewhere else. Yeah, They're not is, worried about me. This is that gross thing that white people put out there. It's okay. like oh, it's a black person, but it's like a white black person. It's like what no, the fuck no, is no, that? No, no, no. Oh, well, I, you said it. I'm not. I'm not assigning that to you, but you're getting to that territory where it's this thing. It's like well, they looked like they were going to work, as if. Black people who don't look like they're going to work, meaning they're not wearing a suit, I guess. You know, I have never worn a suit to work. I don't work yeah. in a suit. So, like, that's not a fair thing to put on another person uh, yeah. at all. I'm just, it was just my first thought. And that's okay. They, I, yeah. I just went, if that is your first thought, I think this, for our discussion, is 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 illustrative. It doesn't mean you're a bad person, but it's like, this stuff exists, and I think sometimes as I, a as a lady, there's a there's either like a outward creepiness to a man. It doesn't matter what race they are. They could be really giving out a vibe of creep and to stay away from that person. Mm-hmm. Or they're so stealthy. You don't know, like you're not paying attention. And that's when it could be scary. If I were alone in a subway or some in a car, a train car with someone, with a man, I really, honestly, I really don't think that the race would matter. It would just, it would occur to me that I am alone with one other person and it's a man. It's just a man. I mean, it's different for you because you're a woman and being yeah. alone with a man and men in general tend to be creeps. Uh, <laughs> I can understand why you would say that, but I, I really don't think I honestly don't think, and I'm fine with being open about this kind of thing. I really don't think that I would be more afraid if it was a black guy. I look, I would prefer you not to be more afraid. What I'm saying is I think at least people, it crosses their mind for a second. Now, if it did cross your mind, don't stuff that down and say, no, 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 but I'm not racist. No, 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 no. So that's no, 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 no. Think about it and find out why you feel like that. Think I mean, about just I, I, that's what you're saying through this whole thing is for people to sit and listen to themselves and then wonder, right? Just wonder about yourself and your thoughts and where they come from and how they may sort of trickle down uh, into how uh, your kids think about people, you know, or how you may treat people in some weird way. Well, some of it you can't, whether it's overly better than others because you feel guilty or less. And lately for me, which is a problem, I don't like it. I feel a little bit overly, um, courteous when I see black people lately, people of color, because because you're trying to prove that you're one of the good white people. This is not what needs Listen, to be done. Listen, I'm not done. trying to prove. I'm not tap dancing for anybody. You know what I'm saying? I'm not like. It is a little bit of a tap dance, though. This is no, not. No, but I know. It's just. It's just. I'm just, just a teeny bit more because I feel guilty for what's happening, and there's no other way to express it, like in a in a uh, real time day to day. I'm in a grocery aisle type of way. You know what I mean? For like, unless you're but wearing you don't like need a button. To. You don't need to express it. Like this is the I thing. I I I assume that a lot of black people and other people of color, Hispanic people, whoever else is, you know, facing some of the struggles that are presented to them in a society that, you know, has been run by white people, um, is, uh, (laughs) they, they think of white people like, just, what do you just shut up? All of you just shut the hell up because (laughs) that is still making it about you. It's like, I need to let you know that I feel bad about what's going and nobody needs that from, Right. White people. And that is you know, the, the part when I talk about going out and protesting. The support is important, but going out of your way or feeling yeah. this need, it is still about you and you're still operating in this world where well, you, okay. you are feeling things that other people of color have had to think about constantly, meaning their skin color. The right. reason you're feeling guilty at this point is because you're white. And yes. you're for the first time in your life probably thinking I'm about I'm associated your... with people who are a problem. 
Yeah, but I don't even think it's that extreme. You're putting that on yourself. Yes, when you talk about the inequalities, it is assigned to white people, but that's just because that's the way the system was set up. And a lot of people who work in that system, the majority of them aren't bad people who are trying to do their best and treat everyone equally. This is where a hangup comes into play is that I'm not, I, I, people do act like that. So they think because they act like that, that that's the end of it. And Mm -hmm. what is difficult and what I'm trying to get at is that what you just brought up for the first time, you're thinking about your skin color. Yeah, truly because, and it's uh, uncomfortable, right? It's uncomfortable. Yes. The first, the, the first time that, um, the black lives matter thing had come up, which was like, Two years ago or something? With no, I the... think at this point it was like six years ago. No. Really? Yes. The hands up, don't shoot thing? Yes. That was in... Oh. Yes. That was 2014. Oh, God. Anyway. Okay, sorry. I don't know where time goes. Um, I, I felt... I didn't like the Black Lives Matter quote. I didn't like that concept because I was thinking all lives matter. I was in that camp where it's like... I don't like the idea of singling out one race and saying that this race matters where I think all the races should matter because we're all just the same. We're all just human. Um, And I, I felt like I felt, so I was living in Laurel and I only lived around black folks. And when I talked to them, uh, we'd be chat like me and my next door neighbor would be chatting. And I was really bothered that all of a sudden I was starting to think, oh, look at us. I'm white and she's black and we're just having a nice conversation. Of course, I like that we we're having the conversation. It was nice and that we were getting along. And But I, I didn't like the idea that it was creeping into my mind that I'm white and she's black. Whereas before I never thought about anything. It was just like, oh, that's just a black person. I'm white. Who cares? This time I was like, oh, look at us, you know the world is coming together between she and I because I'm white and she's black. But, and so that's where that, I was uncomfortable with that feeling. I was uncomfortable with having to think about who I am in this world and who she is in this world. And like, I guess the dichotomy between me living my life and not, and having uh, uh, regular neighborly relationships with people and, and, uh, interactions with people of color, but having to think about my own race at the same time made me uncomfortable, I guess. That I is, think that's why I didn't like that Black Lives Matter thing. I was supportive of like whatever people need to do. But that was also, yeah, again, that made people uncomfortable. But like, that's did. the point of it. The point of Black Lives Matter and the protest is to make people uncomfortable so that they think about things. Because a lot of people, what you said before when you didn't think about you're like, I'm just hanging out with people. That yeah. is, you're not uncomfortable, but you're just living your life in a way that you don't have to think about race when people of color do think about race. Yeah. When you're thinking about the fact you're white, think about, you know, a black person. We're going back to that subway car, for example. You thinking mm-hmm. about, oh, there's a, or I, when I say you, I just mean like a general, not you, but a generalized white person. Okay. I'll say me. Because a lot of this is projection and the stuff I was thinking about myself. So I'll take ownership of it. It's like you get on. It's like, oh, I'm on this car with only a black person. That thought crosses your mind. However far it goes at that point, you know, depends, varies on some factors. Like you said, sometimes it is the way the person looks. And none of that is, is fair. There's a lot of prejudiced thoughts in there. And I think it's okay to admit they're there and explore why they're there. But... The black person is also thinking, I'm a black person on the subway car with only a white person. And that white person's probably thinking, wow, there's a black person on the subway <laughs> car with them. Yeah, and that's how, And that's how I feel people of color have had to think their whole lives. This is, uh-huh. this is what's new to white people is thinking about the color of their skin for the first time when I think people. And again, I can't say because I am only white, but from having conversations with people and trying to understand... This is what's trying to be expressed to white people. So we've lived like this forever. We've Mm -hmm. always thought about the color of our skin. We haven't had the luxury of not thinking about it 
in some sense, even something small like that, just getting on a subway car and there's not that many people and you're the black person, there's a white person and like, oh, well, that person's probably thinking, feeling some kind of anxiety because they're on the car with me. Like, that's no way to go about life. Um, and for the first time, the ownership of those uncomfortable feelings needs to be accepted it needs to, instead of becoming defensive and saying, I'm not, I don't have thoughts. I'm not racist. I'm a good person. I have black friends. Mm-hmm. It's like, yes, the, all of that, what you said, that's, that's true. But there's more to it than that. So stop digging in your heels and shutting down. Or on the other side, I'm so perfect. Look at me. I don't even think about the color of people's skin. Yes, you do. We all do. Everyone does. Even as a little kid, when you don't understand what race is, one of my good friends, and now I'm sounding like one of those people, I have a black friend, but one of my first <laughs> friends was, you know, my friend Nebby, who I still talk to, uh, he's black. And just as a kid, you just notice he looks different. It doesn't mean right. anything more than that. But I remember I liked the way his hair felt because mm-hmm. it was different <laughs> than my hair. Mm-hmm. So to say that you're not going to notice these things and we can get to a place where we don't think... You can think about it, uh, hopefully you can get to a place where you notice someone's skin color and you don't think anything more than that. Right, other right, than, But, right. you know, that, that's bullshit too. It's like, I never think about race. It's like, yes, you do. Everyone does. I remember in elementary school, this one of these teachers was telling me that she's colorblind, like as far as people's race. And so I was like, so if a black kid walks in the room, you don't see them as like a black kid? And she's like, nope. And I remember thinking in elementary school, like, that's bullshit. It is. I was like, I really, for so, so long, I really just felt like just these are just descriptions of someone. They're just adjectives, you know? And it's like, black girl, (laughs) you know? And it didn't, and to me, that didn't come with anything, you know? And the same thing, like, if it were some other race, it would just be a descriptor. It wouldn't be anything that I, you know, like when people say, like, um, you're from Mexico, you know, should I call you something besides Mexican since that's offensive? <laughs> it's, like, it's the same. You know what I mean? It's the same thing. Those things don't have to uh, carry a pejorative with it. It could just be a descriptor of somebody. <laughs> Look, when I moved to New York, um, I realized I had prejudiced views in ways I never knew existed. And they weren't really anything more than anxieties of being around people of different color. But growing up in the suburbs of Atlanta, I, there, yes, there were some people around of different races. And as I said, I was friends with them. But you're still just kind of living in this one certain life. And then I moved to Atlanta. And living in Atlanta, it's, it opens up the world a bit more. But it's also but not... But even a, Atlanta is real, I feel like, uh, divided. Yeah, it's like the white neighborhoods are here. And you go south yeah. of the city and west of the city. It's black neighborhoods and... But the uh, black culture is more integrated into the into the city itself. But the the where people live is still, I think, pretty. There's not much interaction. Separated, yeah. I've had more interactions with people of color in Maryland since I've been here for like three years than I ever did growing up in Georgia. And and in Atlanta, because you tend to get in a car, it's not public spaces. You're not walking. You're not really coming across people as often. So when I first came to New York and you're packing the subway cars and I know I bring that up as the example, the reason I keep bringing up the, the subway is because when I first moved here, that's when I realized that some of these thoughts existed and it wasn't like, Mm -hmm. that's an awful person. And it was just like, why am I feeling a little anxiety being around this person right now? And you know, for the longest time, you just don't think any more of it than that. It's you like, could take race out of it. And when like when I I've felt this being in New York with you, you pass by like a group of kids and I, not like little kids, but like teenagers. And you think like oh, trouble <laughs> just for a second. There's one. Look, think, what? that's fair. I think that's the scariest group of if you come across a group of teenagers, that uh-huh. that's anxiety that uh, is not misplaced by any means. Oh, OK, I don't. Well, I I felt that and I did that sort of self-reflecting thing. Like, what's that about? They're volatile. Maybe, I mean, you don't. Yeah. <laughs> any, <laughs> no, group, you agree. any group of teenagers, just depending. 
you know, when I was a teenager in a group of teenagers, we caused trouble. We didn't go really screw around with other people. We destroyed things. And it's yeah. It's like, yeah, if, if you just come across a group of teenagers and they're feeling like fucking with you, they're going to fuck with like yeah, that. I will still get nervous and probably always get nervous. And also it's just the embarrassment of then maybe being beaten up by kids. It's like, <laughs> yeah. Not only. Yeah. Not only was I you know beaten up, it was a bunch of children that did it. So I don't think that's, that's misplaced. Okay. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, again, I don't, I'm just trying to understand how I fit into all of this and what I can actually do to help because I do want to help. Mm-hmm. I don't feel like going and projecting my guilt and I don't feel guilt for, I shouldn't say that there is a leaning towards feeling guilty for being white because of, you know, all the problems that are now highly visible uh, and they've always been visible. But like I said, at the beginning of this show, I feel like it's really coming together where it's a lot of people who maybe didn't understand it before finally starting to get things and want to explore a little more. And it's, you know, the first time I think that I've explored this deeply about mm-hmm. it. So like there's a tendency to want to lean towards guilt and show like I'm one of the good white people, but that is wrong thinking because that does set you up to saying they're the bad white people out there. And someone who is digging in their heels and saying that this isn't a real problem isn't necessarily a bad person. Uh and if you come at them hard right. to try to prove that you're one of the good white people making them the but you're not going to get anything out of them. You're not going to get anywhere with any of this. And ultimately, both sides and any approach and the avoidance approach, it's all doing the same thing, which is not really helping in a supportive role. The only way you can eliminate a lot of this stuff is to first try to understand privilege uh, without getting angry and feeling as though it's an attack on you. Just understand that it exists in little ways, and it doesn't mean that you've lived your life in any improper way. And ultimately, hopefully everyone can live this, their life the same way you've got to live your life. It doesn't mean you need to give anything up. And then admitting, you know, the thoughts that you have. I think that's the next step in it. And when people slip up, like there was this shop in uh, Williamsburg, Brooklyn, a neighborhood in Brooklyn. And the person working, there were two black women in there, called the police on them for shoplifting. I don't even know if they were shoplifting. Maybe they did shoplift. Mm-hmm. That at that point didn't even matter because the person working was white. They called the police. Then the boycott was set up for that store and people were outside protesting. Don't shop. And it was all white people. It's all <laughs> white people. It's like, what are you? You're trying so hard to prove something. Also, you know, you say, I understand privilege. You know, you don't because the privilege is you're used to running things because you're white. You're always in these positions for mm-hmm. the most part where it's like, OK, we're here. We'll take over now. It's like stop all of that because none of that is actually helpful in any way. And it's alienating. Right. And I'm sure if you had, you know, a real discussion like people say they want to have, which I think is the step you get to after thinking about yourself and how you fit in and having the monologue First, uh, if you talk to people of color, they probably would say, just back the fuck off. Mm-hmm. We, we appreciate the help and the support, but yeah. this isn't yours. It really isn't. Yeah, it really is about support, right? It's just support. Our role as uh, the not the race that uh, is more targeted is to just support this cause. And yeah, and not to lead it, not to join in the leadership of it, but to support it. But that's that see and that's where it becomes hard to understand how you fit in. Because if right. you're not out there protesting out of guilt, do you actually go out? Yes, but then what do you do? And it's like I don't, yeah, I don't you know. just I don't know. You're just I think of it this is <laughs> telling these stories is it's my same friend, Nebby. I know it's a weird name. I know you were thinking that. What is that? What is that kind of name? It's short for Nebulon. Nebby you. <gasps> Nebby you? Nebby yeah. me? Uh, Nebby us. Um, 
you know, but that's one of those things I just wanted to throw out there. It's like, yeah, you, I, I felt the need to explain it because I was thinking people probably think that's a weird name. It's like, why can't it just, why couldn't I just let it be a name? Yeah, I people, don't know why either. <laughs> let people think what they want about it. Yeah. But I, you know, growing up, we stayed friends and then he went to a different high school, a performing arts high school, uh, Pebble Brook. And I thought, and he was into art, uh, he was dancing and, uh, I was like, okay, that's why he went. But I met up with him recently because he's here in New York like several months ago and we had a conversation and I didn't know that, you know, one of the reasons he actually left, it was to pursue dancing, but it was also because he was like receiving such racist vitriol from people. Uh, calling him the N word and like in our high school. And I had no clue. And he told me that I was around one day when someone called him the N word. And then I punched that guy and (laughs) I don't even, I don't remember doing that. But when I think about how I could best help, it's like, this is not my fight directly. I am here in a supportive role. And if someone needed to be punched, like (laughs) figuratively, at this yeah. point, you know, hopefully there's no one to punch literally, but I guess you didn't it, seek out that person. That person was that person came to you, right? You were there, I guess, when it happened and you supported. Yeah. And then I would just did it. And then it didn't that way. I didn't like spend the rest of the day. Like, I'm such a good person. Look what I'm going to yeah. tell everyone what I did. I was like, well, Listen, I don't even yes. remember. I feel like that sums up the way I would like <laughs> to support this whole yeah. movement. I have uh I, I made these little signs for my windows that face out to the parking lot of the apartment. And I did have an urge to take a picture and post it on social media. I did not. Because for me, and, and the whole reason why I'm not really posting about it on social media is because I feel like it's a lot of signaling. And I don't feel like I, to be supportive in what's happening, that I have to post about it. You know, I don't think that, Do you I don't think, think that, yeah. Even posting or putting it in your window in the first place, though, you're trying to show that you're, what are your motivations? I, I don't I want do, to assign. I, I don't I, want to assign. I, I want to show that I am supportive of um, this movement. Um, but I also, I don't want to, I guess maybe my threshold is like, that's enough sort of signaling for me. It's just on my personal, you know little area just letting you know that you know it's a rainbow flag and a blm sign that i made (laughs) and those are two things that i sort of i'm thinking about that i support and is is part of it though that you want your neighbors to know that you're like look i'm an ally i'm one of the good white people is that part of it if it is that's okay I yeah, just yeah. I just think it's hard to operate without No, I not not the neighbors. Like I said in like these weird ways in like the grocery store, I do feel like I'm being a little bit more courteous or polite or something to to a black person for some reason. I find myself doing it. I don't like that I'm doing it, but I know I'm doing it. Um but yeah, with the signs, I feel like I don't know. I just for me that's enough. Uh sort of signaling and to put it online on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, that seems, I don't know. It's a lot or something. It's, it's it, a lot. it feels inauthentic. It's like, what are you trying yeah. to prove? Like I know people go to every single March here in New York and like, what? I, there's a lot of work. What are you trying to prove? Or I heard about yeah. someone who donated so much money, like more overextended herself and the amount of money she donated to causes. And it's like, what, what are you trying to prove? That well, I think it's fine if you want to do that. Just don't, don't I I don't know about telling everybody about it. Well, yes, but even if you don't tell everyone about it, that is definitely part of it. You're putting it out there and you're telling yeah. people because you want other people to know, but recognizing that you're also doing it because yeah. you're making it about yourself. I think yourself. the way that I'm doing it reflects the amount of guilt I have, which is not a ton, right? I don't feel crazy guilty so i'm like going to marches i'm doing this i'm, I'm posting on facebook i'm posting on blah, blah, blah. i just feel a little guilty for <laughs> for uh being involved with a, a a race of people who you know are clueless about but i don't i i don't even know if black people want you to feel guilty i don't think it that, doesn't that's... matter what they want it's where i am in this moment yes 
and that's making it about ourselves. And I like I'm not, I don't want to put that on you because uh-huh. I've been thinking about that. What does it mean? The people who, even if you go to every single march and you don't post that you go to every single march, uh-huh. you're still somewhat making it about. But it doesn't mean you shouldn't go. This is the thing. Yeah. This is, I think, if you can somehow not make it about you and your feelings and and sit with the discomfort that you're going to continue to feel as this goes yeah, on, yeah. instead of trying to get rid of that discomfort by feeling guilt and going out and donating a shitload of money. That's a way to get rid of the discomfort by becoming defensive and dismissing it. That's not real. That's not me. That's you getting rid of the discomfort or avoiding it is just avoiding the discomfort. So what is, so what is the best way to do it then? Just feel, just feel the, yeah, but that's not going to do anything. No, but I, I think getting in touch with that ultimately in the long run will be more beneficial for everyone. Because then I wonder if I'm signaling to people, to the white people to say, like, I'm not, I'm here, I'm doing this. Look, it's, I I don't think it's bad that you have that in the window. I think showing support is also an important thing to do. It's just somehow figuring out a way to sit with the feelings that other people have had to sit with that discomfort because Mm -hmm. of the color of your own skin and maybe there is no way out of it. You just have to feel that. Um, and I, I think, think that it's, I think, I think it's the, important. Sorry, sorry, sorry. Well, that's the way that you then understand where other people are coming from. When you right. feel the same way they actually feel over things, then that's how you can gain an understanding and things can come together and then hopefully, um, you know, start to become equal across the board. It's hard. It is hard. Yeah. I mean, it, and even talking about it like this, it's like making it about us. But the reason on our show that it's like I'm not going to try to speak for any black no. people or I'm not going to try to speak for any brown people. It's like that's not my place. I don't know. So on our show, it's like trying to understand where we fit within this as white people. Um, and also, I think pers- sorry, I think personally where I fit is I'm trying to come to terms with like you said, where I, where I am, uh, as a white person, how I relate to others and what I'm sort of, uh, specifically telling the kids or what I'm showing the kids through action. And I feel like that's the way. Yeah. Because they can't grasp it. Yeah. Like this is, you don't want to introduce them to these concepts because they're, very complex and I feel as though there's an idea that by introducing it it then plants that seed in their head then maybe but it was going to get there at some point that's the thing society in some way it was going to get there so yeah but I don't know how you navigate it yeah right now because um Ellie's Ellie really almost exclusively hangs out with black kids um uh so I didn't I haven't told her specifically about like black people. It's black people and this is happening to black people, people of color, blah, blah. I've just I've said that, you know, there are a lot of people who are mistreated based on something that, you know, is just a feature about them. And I use I use the word people a lot, you know, and some people don't like that for some reason. And they they have these prejudices. I told her what prejudice was. And so I'm just talking about people. And I was saying that, you know, if she never hung out with black kids, then maybe I would talk about black people. But because she almost exclusively does, I feel like it'd be weird to all of a sudden introduce this thought to her. Yeah. And maybe it's something you wait until she asks questions to. Yeah. Instead of just introducing it. But, you know, I think to sum it up, if you can, like like you said, at some point you weren't, you didn't understand black lives matter and you are yeah. all lives matter. It was just misinterpreting the whole thing. It was never that anyone was saying all lives don't matter. Right. People were saying black people has, have been treated over a lot of history as if their lives are expendable. Yeah. They don't matter that much. It's like, oh, that's a black person that died. Not as big of a deal as if a white person died. And that's where that comes from. And when you say, but all lives matter, you're making it about yourself. You're saying that someone else is telling you that your life doesn't, that's not, nobody said that. There's a hierarchy and it can be sort of um, extrapolated this way where, you know, it's who's going to be, who's going to be killed and eaten first, not just who, but what, right? So it's like cows before horses, horses before dogs, dogs before 
strangers, strangers before friends, friends before family. So if we are considering someone who, like if we have a bunch of white people and this person is a black person, we're going to, we're going to uh, oust the less familiar. Does that make sense? Yes. So I think that that's where a little bit where this kind of thinking comes from. Well, it is Not just in. historical precedents, but also a little bit of human nature. Yeah, as tribal creatures. Yes. But admit it and be aware of those admit things. Admit it, yes. Yeah. That's what you have to live with that discomfort of admitting that those feelings actually exist and then listen to other people and don't try to tell them why they're wrong or, or they've made their own bed or yeah. it's like, sh- no, stop. Why wouldn't you just believe a person if they told you that there's a problem that you don't experience? It's yeah. not your world. You're not in the middle of it. You may not see it, but it doesn't mean that it doesn't exist because you're not there living it every day. And if you can do those two things, I think that's at least a start. Who knows if anything can actually ever come together fully, but you know, yeah. that, that's a start. All right. Well, thanks for listening to one topic. Uh, it seems so trivial. Like and subscribe, rate and review. <laughs> yeah. Smash that like button. Let's just get yeah. back to the, the things that matter. Yeah. <laughs> like us. Please like us. Please like us and tell other people you like us. Hey, Greg. Hey, Autumn. Do you like hot sauce? You know, I do like hot sauce, but I'm getting pretty bored of my regular Texas Peter Tabasco. I'm looking for a local sauce without Mm. any additives or extracts, a company that uses local peppers so it's as fresh as possible, and a company that really cares about the integrity of the sauce and where their ingredients come from. Definitely. And hey, while we're at it, I don't want a sauce with too many ingredients. Mm -mm. You know, a lot of other sauces out there, they have all kinds of fillers. So I'd love to find a sauce with, I don't know, what, let's say no more than five ingredients. I mean, it's crazy, but there's gotta be a company out there that hand processes their sauce. You know, bottling and labeling every bottle themselves. I'm probably asking a lot. Well, you really are, but there is a hot sauce out there who only uses five ingredients. What? zero fillers, additives, or extracts, and who bottles, labels, and packages everything themselves. It's called Hoff Sauce. What? They're a small batch hot sauce company out of Chattanooga, Tennessee, that's won best Louisiana-style sauce in the country. How many times? Not once, not twice, three times. Three times! How does that sound, Greg? I think that sounds amazing. You know how you can get your own bottle of no, hot sauce? No, no. Tell me, please, now. Hoffandpepper.com. And not only am I giving you the gift of the best hot sauce that you'll ever taste, I'm going to give you 15% off if you use the code 1TOPIC15. Hold on. That's... Yes. Get a pen and paper. One topic 15 Good. That's O-N-E-T-O-P-I-C-1-5. All squished together at checkout. You'll get 15% off your order and your life will be better. Thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome.